Welcome to Our Sleeve Life Podcast, hosted by Kelly and Mel, who both got gastric sleeve surgery five years apart. We wanted to create a supportive family with full transparency by sharing our stories as well as others from the community. We are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time. Hey, guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. <laughs> no. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor immediately. Ye- yes. And that includes diet, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys, and we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family. That's right. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, we are back. Welcome. We are back. Again. And... This is our Sleep Life Podcast presents the Dr. Dovac Diaries. (laughs) And this is Kelly. And this is Mel. And today's episode, of course, we have Dr. D back in Zoom. Yay! Hello, my ladies. Hello. Hello. It's so good to see you again. It's awesome to see you. We have a lot to chat about. Yes, we do. Yeah, this is all all about pregnancy. Pregnancy after weight loss surgery, which is a very common question and it a very is. common topic that is not often talked about. Like when you research it. No. And what's funny, I was telling Kelly, I was like, I don't know what to talk about because I don't want to get pregnant. So I'm like, <laughs> and I can't get pregnant. All the so. yeah. <laughs> Literally, we're like, pregnancy is not on our radar, no. but but we, we got a lot of questions. Yeah, y'all's want it. So yeah. you get what you want. Oh, yeah. Yes. Some of you want it. And for those who don't want it, we're going to give you guys tips too. Because oh. there's a lot of considerations oh. about being a woman and having weight loss surgery when you are of childbearing age. Ah, oh, okay. No. Well, do we want to start just, with that? You want to just dive right in? Yeah. We could just start with that. Con- sure. Jeez, let's go for it. So I'm going to tell you um, some history about myself. Yes. Personal history, because podcasts like this, mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like saved me from undoubtedly the darkest of dark moments in my mm-hmm. life. As um, many of you who follow me on my Dr. Dovec, D-R-D-O-V-E-C Instagram know, I am very open about my struggles with infertility myself. Mm-hmm. I um, went through infertility treatments for years. I had a diagnostic laparoscopy. I had the horrible um, dye study where they're Mm -hmm. looking at your tubes. I had so many tests and ultrasounds and labs and it was just so frustrating. Like, Mm -hmm. why couldn't I just get pregnant the normal way? And Mm -hmm. like people would give you this horrible advice all the time just to relax and it'll happen and pray on it. Think on it. Don't think too much. Think, Think more. Like it was just so much. And ultimately I did in vitro fertilization. Mm-hmm. I went through many egg stimulations. I went through um, multiple embryo transfers, some of which did not work. Mm-hmm. And it's truly devastating. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot. And so I know what it's like for every 28 days to get your hopes up and only to have them shattered and all the emotions that go with it. And so this topic, is ultimately my favorite topic Mm -hmm. because I feel that weight loss surgery is even more effective at helping um, couples get pregnant, women improve their hormones, their fertility and all that Mm -hmm. than even 
my fertility doctor, even fertility doctors, reproductive endocrinologists, they're called um, REI specialists. Even with them, I feel that weight loss surgeons are actually more effective to have a better track record for um, getting people pregnant afterwards, oh, getting ladies pregnant. So wow. um, I can't so wait cool. to share my personal experience and um, my professional expertise mm-hmm. on this subject. And as you guys all know, um, fun ending, I have three kids, yes. all IVF. Yes, actually oh, my, wow. um, so uh, Adrian was conceived or combined the egg and the <laughs> sperm um, in 2014 and she oh. was born in 2015. Oh. Um, and then Evan and Liv are actually twins. Oh, um, nice. But they were, they were pulled from the same um, egg retrieval. And I ended up, I, they were pulled out in 2015, but Evan was not born until 2017 and Liv was not born until 2018, but they are actually technically twins. Wow. Oh. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, so cool. Okay. Tell you me the science behind this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, I really mean, cool. They were, yeah. They were conceived at the ex- exact same moment, but they were not implanted. They were implanted separately. So mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Nobody really talks about that, but like technically Evan and Liv are fraternal twins. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really, that's a kind of, that's a cool part of the story. Yeah. Like, it is. One day I'll explain it and they're just going to look at me like, what are you talking about? But, <laughs> We're not the same age, mom. I don't know yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. I that's know. cool. You're just born a year and a half apart, but there is, but you were conceived at the exact same moment. Huh. That is so cool. That is really cool. I, I can't like wait that. for them to know. They're going to be like, my how, how old are they now? I can't do math. So Evan is, so Adrian is my oldest. She is five. Uh-huh. Evan is four and Liv is two and a half. Oh, wow. wow. You got, you got some youngins. I didn't realize I how do. young your kids were. Holy moly. They're young because that's what happens when you're struggling for years. They should be like 10, 11 years old, mm-hmm. but there you go. Yeah. I mean, I tried for years with Satan and I know that sounds really bad. That sounds really bad. But um, we tried for years and I remember every month it not working. And I'm like, what is going on with me? What is wrong with me? I am a woman. I should be able to do this. Like, and then we found out I don't ovulate. So that kind of made a difference. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's what we're going to talk a lot about today, ladies. So if you're out there and you feel hopeless and you feel that horrible frustration Mm -hmm. and maybe you stumbled upon us, um, hopefully we will give you hope that this can, and and will work for you too. Definitely. Seriously. Okay. So the very first one we have is when do you suggest one gets pregnant? I'll be a year out in August and have baby fever. All right. Okay. So there's um, a fair amount of literature about this. And uh, I actually just looked up the American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery guidelines before we get on. So yeah. I can make sure I have the most up-to-date stuff to tell our OSLP family out there. Yeah. And, That's why we love um, you, Dr. The, D. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the answer to that is when your weight is stabilized. So sometimes it's hard to know, but it's typically a minimum of one year. So okay. potentially if you're at your goal, weight, you can go for it. Okay. Um, most pra- our practice technically recommends 18 months and some 
Some recommend up to two years. So sometime between one to two years after surgery, you can um, safely start trying to conceive. Um, The thing with that is sometimes things happen before, things happen Mm -hmm. after. It's not like a definitive timeline, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of research that show that you should try to get down to as close to your goal weight as you can. Okay. And then try to get pregnant. What's and the, then try to get pregnant. What's okay. the reasoning behind it? There, there has been shown if you get pregnant earlier to be um, sometimes some issues with the pregnancy, um, uh, even with the growth of the baby and that sort of thing. The main things are about the mother mm-hmm. being able to get in enough nutrients mm-hmm. um, okay. with multivitamins and minerals like calcium, iron, those important things, and also electrolytes and fluids. So sometimes in the beginning, you are very nauseated, of course, morning sickness. Mm -hmm. And if you're vomiting, um, you could actually have something like a critical thiamine or vitamin B1 deficiency. We've talked about that a little Mm -hmm. bit on the show before. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot about... um, Again, making sure your weight is stabilized because a lot of times if you don't hit it then and then you get pregnant, it is, you know how hard it is now with plateaus and weight regain. Yeah. Yes. Imagine if you you didn't really lose much weight because you were pregnant and nobody really wanted you to lose much weight or you just didn't get down to your goals. It's super hard. It's not like you have the baby, you just start to just to go. Yeah. It, it's it's really, oh, really man. hard. And I, I think some of the um the amazing um bariatric patient influencers out there have shared their pregnancy um struggles very openly. Like mm-hmm. Sarah, uh she has um mm-hmm. uh this I think it's like the Chic Savvy mm-hmm. Bell or something is her um Instagram. But anyway, mm-hmm. people share that it is really hard to lose weight sometimes after pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It I, I, I mean, would, I haven't ever been pregnant, but I know for Melanie has. So, yeah, I mean, I would imagine it would be really hard. I just um, that makes way more sense because like you definitely have to be able to eat more food to mm-hmm. get the baby like nutrition. So mm-hmm. like, of course, you're going to be even more malnutrition than what you kind of are when you first R-E-R. get out of surgery. And those first six to nine months, like it's hard to like. Absolutely. It took me almost nine months to get the water and the protein all in. Yeah. Like, I, I just could never get all of it in. Much less be pregnant and trying to. F- yeah, yeah that's I a could lot. do both. All I can think about mm-hmm. is the Twilight, the final Twilight movie. Did you ever see those? No. 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 So in the. Okay. So in the. In like. Because the, the final one was two parts. So in the first part, she gets pregnant and she can't eat or drink anything like everything she throw is she's throwing up and she can't handle it okay and so she like becomes like this malnutrition like just skin and bones oh, no. and then she's pregnant that's all i can think about is that ending you'll have to you'll Ooh. have to watch that cuz it, it's actually pretty i don't know i'm obsessed with twilight it's fine <laughs> wow but yeah that's wow. all i can think about i will tell you guys i had the worst worst morning sickness. Like I always thought, Kate Middleton, please girl, I can show you some sickness. Oh, um, so no. I wrote a guide to it. Um, so if anybody's watching, DM me on Instagram and I can send you um, the guide to send me your email address and then I'll email it to you. So I we talked about that a little bit because I've adapted it to be like a guide to early nausea and vomiting after surgery. But oh. it's actually written from my experience when I was pregnant and I was super, super sick. So that's how oh, wow. I had a lot of similarities between the two. And so I I just did the things that made me feel better and people say it works for them too. So it's a, it's a, it's a, um, 
17 point guide to nausea and vomiting. I think you might have to send it to us. I love so it. So we can take a look at I it. I should. Yeah, you guys could make a, a very cool graphic out of it. Yeah, I could, for yeah. sure. We could share it with everybody so that they can yes. save it for when it's their time. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, because I hear some women, like, because I feel bad because I was one of the women that didn't puke at all. <laughs> there and I feel so bad I'm like sorry you had a bad but I know there's a lot of women that do Mm -hmm. like they just like it's very tough Mm -hmm. let me ask you this though I have a theory now you had an easy pregnancy but how was your labor and delivery super hard I mean I was in labor for like 19 hours I don't know if that's bad or not but (laughs) no matter what you're not going to escape without it right so I was in labor for about like an hour. Like it was nothing, but my pregnancy was brutal, but the, but giving birth was like, like Um, the biggest endorphin rush ever. It was so amazing. I loved it. It, it, Like I didn't have any pain. I didn't have any, any issues. It was just like, I just pushed out a nine pound five ounce baby out. Like it was nothing, which was a little bit weird. Um, But my pregnancy was brutal. So I feel like you're either going to have one or the other. Like I haven't met Mm -hmm. anybody yet. That was like, it was so easy. Every aspect of it was. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. That was brutal. That was, that was, I remember that. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Yeah. My sister's pregnant right now. And oh. yeah. And she has horrible morning sickness. Yeah. But I think she had an easy pregnancy or easy birth for her last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. So I'll have to Our ask theory her. theory keeps going on. So all yeah. of you out there, write to us. Let us know which was, did you have one that was harder mm-hmm. and one that was easy side of it? I feel like you're going to get blessed on one end, but cursed on the other. So yeah. yeah. Well, which theory, one you'd, bef- I have a lot of thoughts. which one you'd prefer? Would you prefer the easier oh. delivery and the morning sickness or vice versa? Yeah. No, I think I would prefer, no, I would prefer, I think I would prefer an easier pregnancy in a brutal yeah. two days than yep. a, a brutal nine months and a wonderful two minutes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm right. with you. I'm like, when you start saying how many times you puke on all, I do not want to do that. Nope. I will do what I did for 19 I hours. Yes, I know. <laughs> exactly. 19 hours or yeah. like, oh, it, it felt like time wasn't going to pass. I just wanted to die. And I, and it happened all times. So it didn't matter what the sex was, the girls, the boys, all of it up super nauseous. Oh man. And I don't like puking. So no. I can only imagine. Oh, so much puking, oh. daily puking. I had a puke just to be able to, I, like the puke and rally kind of phenomenon was uh-huh. extremely real. That's all my, my, my very professional tips. I'm like, listen, ladies, get in there and puke, puke up your spit, puke up whatever you have and then eat immediately. Oh, oh, is that the rule? Is that what you should do? Uh-huh. That's my rule and yeah. it works. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So that way you can kind of hold that. down some nutrients. Is yeah. that what we're going for? Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, like the, the the spit and all this extra saliva, like I was always spitting and spitting and spitting. And so I would puke it up, get rid of it. And then you can also do things like Flonase or Claritin to try to dry up your secretions okay. so that you're not so like, like phlegmy and gross. Oh, that's a cool idea. We just send that to Ian. I should send that to Anne. <clears throat> Our friend at, over this weekend, she was, her allergies were so bad. She was just like hacking up a lung. We felt so bad for her. I'm wondering if maybe she should try that. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to send you guys my tips. You guys can use this in many arenas of life. Let me tell you. Yes. So, Oh, cool. I'm excited to read it. I'm nice. excited. Okay. Okay, cool. So then <clears throat> to kind of piggyback on that, we had another one that said, how do you keep from becoming nutrition, nutri- nutrient deficient while you're pregnant? Awesome question. So it's so important. It's important if you're pregnant, if you're not pregnant, if you're a man, if you're a woman to take your vitamins 
and minerals as outlined. Okay. So that good old ASMBS I was talking to, they have guidelines and the guidelines have a certain amount of thymine, folic acid. Folic acid is super important in anyone of childbearing age because it prevents neural tube defects in babies, which is like um, spinal issues. It can be like spina bifida, that kind of stuff. Um, It's a critically important. It's been proved for decades and decades to be essential. You want to make sure your iron is replete so that you're not um, chewing on ice or having pica, which is where you crave dirt or again, ice. Um, Mm. So anyway, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have a bariatric specific multivitamin. Mm -hmm. There are some brands that have the true ASMBS seal of approval to them. Um, I love Celebrate brands. It's Mm -hmm. a little bit pricier, but another fun tip is that you can ask your bariatric surgery program to help you to use your FSA or flex spending if you have that Mm -hmm. to get it paid for because it's for your health. So what you'll have them do is write you a letter of medical necessity and make sure that wherever you get the, um, uh, which can be um, a prescription even. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could just be like, I uh, prescribe you a multivitamin. And then also the receipt, you submit those two things to the FSA and then they'll they'll pay for it. So you can do that for your calcium, for your multivitamin. And then it's important to get your labs checked to see if you have any other specific nutrient deficiencies, um, particularly looking at that vitamin B1, which Mm -hmm. is thiamine, vitamin D, the different iron studies like ferritin, transferrin, those sorts of things. Um, PTH, which is an indirect look at your calcium levels, Um, looking at uh, your hemoglobin hematocrit, again, that goes with anemia. It might be megaloblastic, which is B12. It might be microcytic anemias. So basically, Get the full set of standard bariatric labs. Any bariatric program absolutely knows what the nutritional labs are so that you can look at those. And then protein. Mm. Protein is so essential. It's essential now. You need a minimum, a minimum of 60 grams per day. Uh, we, our program actually recommends even more, but a minimum of 60 grams is going to keep you at least out of trouble. Okay. And it's going to help massively um, to, to do a lot of things for the growth of the baby. It'll actually make you feel less nauseous too. Okay. You want things with a very low glycemic index. So you want to avoid like high carb things. It's just not going to give you satisfied. It's going to make you a little bit more nauseous. So really try your best to go for proteins that you can tolerate and multivitamin calcium citrate. Nutrient, keeping your nutrients up is absolute paramount to your success. Wow. That is a lot of information that I wasn't expecting, but I, I like <laughs> oh. it. I like it. I was just like, oh, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot going on. That is a lot. Yeah. Um, I, a lot. Yeah. I know ProCare has a, bar- uh, has a prenatal bariatric vitamin. Yeah. And I believe they are ASMBS. I think they are too. I think think ProCare is as well. I think that they're bariatric specific. They are always at our trade shows and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we assume that they're following the guidelines. Actually, I think think that they are. So that's another great brand. There's Bariatric Advantage. Mm -hmm. Really, who cares which one you get? Just make Mm -hmm. sure that it's follows the guidelines. You're taking them as prescribed. I know it's a little bit pricier to go for a bariatric specific vitamin, Mm -hmm. but you can always, again, just try to get creative with how you get reimbursed for it because it's it's important. You don't want to cut corners there, my friends, for your own health and for the health of your baby. Absolutely. You need to follow those guidelines. Exactly. And most of the time we found that the bariatric specific 
specific vitamins are actually not that bad price-wise because you would be buying them all separately if you weren't. And so it actually ends up being like almost double if you were just getting a lot. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. And then some of these places will just have it delivered to your house. So you don't even have to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really nice. It's just... Yeah. And a lot of these places have like little sample packs so you can like try mm-hmm. different flavors mm-hmm. and they want you to be compliant. So they've gotten very creative beyond just swallowing a tablet, like with their flavor profiles. Yep. And they're always coming up with new ones. And you guys always do your, your unveiling, your tasting of these things. <laughs> That's and right. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. Procare's calcium by far, like the best chews, the best chews. They have a dark chocolate calcium one that is like, it's like you're eating a candy bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I treat it that way. It's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At nighttime. Yeah, this is this my, is my treat. candy bar. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a recovering calcium citrate chew addict over here. I mean, I love to nibble. Everybody who is That's my funny. patient knows this. I always, like, I'm obsessed with the caramel flavor. Like, oh, oh yes, yes. The, the salted caramel is so good. That's hilarious. I it's had no idea. Good. That and oh, the yeah. cinnamon I roll like one. That. Yeah. Haven't tried that. Oh, if you like cinnamon rolls, like this is like yeah. spot on to a cinnamon roll. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Ooh, my cinnamon roll treat right now. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So well, it's really hey, nice for gotta, the end gotta... of the evening. It is. Totally is. Yeah. I'm with the uh, nightcap. Yeah. It's an, our calcium nightcap. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. Who's going to have their calcium nightcap? We can put that in the stories and be like, who's had theirs? <laughs> I, I love, love it. Oh. I don't care as long as um we are getting people to do it. But remember. If you have a multivitamin with iron, you must take it at least two hours apart from the calcium. Yes, the calcium yes. and the iron compete for absorption. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important you do that. Otherwise, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, and it's not effective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Separate iron and calcium by a minimum of two hours. There's my PSA on that. Well, I have a question about the FlexFinity account. So how you're yes. um, said, like, they just need to get this prescription and then, like, the receipt and they send it on in. Now, mm-hmm. yep. Does that mean even like me and Kelly could do that? Or is that just if you're pregnant? Yes. No, no you no, can. No. Yeah. I want to make sure everybody's Everyone aware that we all can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as you have mm-hmm. a flex spending account yeah, yeah, yeah. set up through your insurance, mm-hmm. then yeah, you just need a prescription and a receipt. Nice. I'm yep. just too lazy and never did it. Ha! <laughs> it is a lot. They're, they're painful. Like when you use that, they're like, I need proof of all of this. But once you kind of just get it, going you're like you save yourself a lot of money so yeah absolutely anybody can do that men and women of course everyone that's yeah. awesome so a little tip for everybody out there go through a flex spending account yeah to buy your vitamins mm-hmm. like then i wouldn't have to Definitely. buy vitamins for my cut my kid Did eric me yeah as long as the doctor prescribed yeah, it. all of it yeah mm-hmm. that is freaking awesome thank you <laughs> thank you oh, you're welcome okay i work here as done today now yeah. let's keep going that's right okay so much more so um we kind of went over the supplements um and then so we had somebody that said how much weight gain is normal how hard is it to lose that gain post-pregnancy so, so the, the, yeah so there's no sing, simple answer to that because it depends on where you're at beforehand. Mm-hmm. It depends on at your your starting weight and your build and your BMI and all that kind of stuff. So and so a, a pregnancy of a person that's at a normal BMI, which mm-hmm. we all hate the BMI, mm-hmm. it's not the best predictor of yes. anything, but they call normal um, a BMI of around like I think it's eighteen point five to twenty four point nine. Okay. In that range, you women will they they say to to gain on a range of 
25 to 40 pounds is the normal range. Now, there are absolutely patients who get pregnant, let's say at a year and a half, Mm -hmm. they're still losing weight and they come out of the pregnancy less than they started. I'm sure you guys have all heard heard this, seen this. Absolutely, I have patients that have lost weight in their pregnancies. Now it's now that bariatric surgery is becoming more common, it's not as like it's not yeah. as shocking anymore. Mm-hmm. But there is a specialty in OB, it's called MFM, maternal fetal medicine. And that is a high-risk pregnancy doctor. And so they used to make all bariatric patients, bariatric surgery post-op patients, go through an MFM. Oh. However, nowadays they it's so common that they don't do that anymore. And so we're, we're used to it more. So the weight loss, weight maintenance, small gains are, are good. Now I'm going to warn you, do not gain more than 40 pounds. Do not gain more than 40 pounds. If you can do anything to help it. A lot of times the problem is people will start to drink like Hawaiian punch, sugary things. It's like, um, my mom was super sick when she had me. And by the way, it's super hereditary. So if you, if you're like wondering, like, I wonder if I'll get sick, ask your mom if they were sick when they had you. Oh, okay. And so, and it, it's almost like dead on. So my mom said she like lived off a of pineapple juice and, um, try to not do that. It's so hard. I mean, I would sometimes just be like, I just, I just need something. I remember like one time I felt like the shame, like, Oh my God. Like I put like a hood up, like, because I'm like, what if somebody sees me? Like I went into little Caesars and I got like a pizza pizza. I sat in my car and I ate it. Like, I'm like, this is against everything that I ever say. And, um, (laughs) what am I doing? And I even like put it on, on Facebook and people were like, get a life. Like, of course everyone has moments like you loser. I one time went and got cold stone ice ice cream. And I just felt like I, I literally like tied my hood, like, like, you know, like, so tight there. <laughs> so no one would know. I just so I could get the spoon in my mouth. And I'm like, all right. So I listen, I get it. I get it. Even like me, who's like, oh, if someone sees me, you have this like magnetic pull to some of this stuff. Yeah. You try your best to stay to the plan of three meals a day, higher in protein and try not to snack too much in between. You're going to pay for it afterwards with yeah. the weight you regain. So just be careful. Be careful. All right. Doesn't it seem hard to gain that much weight while you're like after weight loss surgery? Well, it depends on if you, if you slip back into like nibbles here, bites there, just like just little amounts or the worst, if you're drinking things Mm. with sugar in it, I mean, Uh, okay. I mean, you could gain, I, I have, I've had patients who have gained the the triple, the triple weight. They've drained over a hundred pounds during their pregnancies. And, um, I know, I mean, it happens. And if yeah. you're out there watching and it's happened, okay. Um, you just got to like go for it as much as you can mm-hmm. and try to get back to it. So if you gain something, you know, over that 40 pounds and you're having a really hard time after you give birth, trying to lose the weight again, what would you suggest? Would that be a moment that you would talk to your bariatric surgeon? Um, what What would be the best route? So the best thing to do to lose the weight is to breastfeed. Mm, yeah, It is, I mean, the thing about it is though, I had a, and yet again, I had a really hard time with my milk supply. And that's mm-hmm. something that no one else really, I feel like talks about either. Like mm-hmm. you just feel like, geez, I couldn't get pregnant and now I can't make milk. It was just like and the whole postpartum hormones and all that. It is a lot to handle. And, um, and people talk about it some, but you also think like, oh, that's them. But for me, mm. I'm going to like, I will not give them that formula. So it was kind of a mind thing, but, mm. um, 
on my next two, I figure things out a little bit better. But when I did produce the milk, it just sucks the weight out of you. But oh, um, yeah. again, don't put the pressure. If you can't, if the milk supply is not there, then you'll just get back to, um, you know, just get back to the basics. And I think rather than the bariatric surgeon, you go back to the bariatric dietitian or okay. find someone that you think is reputable. Um, maybe even through Instagram, there's some really talented dietitians out there that truly get it. Yes. Ooh, yes. That That's a be... really good idea. And as far as what I understood, like our milk supply is all also based a lot on like getting our liquids in. So absolutely, after okay. preg- drink so much. Yeah, it's like way more important now when you're pregnant as a bariatric patient to drink is your water. Like okay, a billion times. Okay, yeah. I mean when you're when you're pumping or you're I exclusively pumped, but when you're getting so much liquid out of you, my mouth was like the Sahara at oh. all mm-hmm. moments. It was horrible. That I drank sucks. like four or five liters a day. Damn. Yes. Holy crap. You're supposed to drink at least, this is a liter, you're supposed to drink at least on a normal day, two of these. Right. Imagine having to pound down four or five of these. Oh it's my God. And how do you take care of baby and go pee? Yeah. <laughs> how does that you're work? Peeing, you- you're pumping, you're taking it <laughs> of this child. It pretty much sucks. So if you're watching this, um, can I get a, yeah, that, that did suck. And no one ever like, mm-hmm. have you ever felt love like that? I'm like, no, I've never felt exhaustion like this. I've never been in more pain with my nipples and all this stuff. It is not fun. Oh man. I am kind of really glad that I am never going to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it love my nieces brutal. and nephews, but nope, I'm good. Yeah. I'm too old. You're too old. Yeah. I'm too old to do that. I feel like not happening. Nope. Not happening. Oh my goodness. Okay. So next question is, um, does being a bariatric patient affect natural versus C-section birth? No, it doesn't. That's okay. a great question. I've never been asked that. That's such a good one. Yeah. So obviously C-section versus a normal spontaneous vaginal delivery mm-hmm. are the two um, things there. And it doesn't. So um, your stomach again is located up under your left rib cage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's up here and your uterus is down there. So even when your the baby comes and everything's pushed up and all that sort of thing, it doesn't matter that your stomach's smaller or that even that you had a bypass and your intestines are rerouted down below or a duodenal switch or something like that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't impact that at all. The thing that impacts it is is more your frame and your build and your your hips, you know, that yeah. childbearing hips type mm-hmm. of a thing. Yep. Um, I mean, I have a very wide pelvis. I mean, like I was born to deliver babies. Yeah. I really, I really, really, I mean, I'm super tall all that sort of thing. Um, some things that you can do is to really strengthen your, um, your quads. Okay. Um, it just makes like pushing the baby out a lot easier, but again, there's nothing you can do about your bone structure and, and, and just your, your pelvic outlet and all that sort of stuff. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I had a feeling something that was going to come up because even I would be like, wait, does it mess with it? Do they have to cut differently? Mm. Like, but yeah, no, nope, nope. Totally different turfs. Yeah. Totally unrelated. I awesome. always forget that the stomach, like you would think after this long of doing this podcast and like everything that I would remember that the stomach is up here. No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, we watched it. <laughs> I know. We literally watched I was just it. Gonna do a, I was just going to plug that. Now, everybody out there, if you haven't seen it already, 
Kelly and Mel were in with me in the OR and we were filming a sleeve operation. Now, the thing that they loved, and if you watch it, you'll see, is remember the proximity of the heart to where I was working. Yeah. Just think, it's all the heart. You could see beating through the diaphragm muscle. You could see the sheen of that almost, the, the, you could see it coming kind of at you. Mm-hmm. And just think that that's exactly where like, the spleen was and the upper portion of the stomach was. So that's where all this is. And everything else is like <laughs> down south. We're up north. Okay. I think I just, just think it's funny because you're always like my stomach and you point to your like to your belly, but it's not really it's there. Not that, well, that's like a pet peeve of a lot of um surgeons because it's your, you should say, we should say like my abdomen is hurting yeah okay you know but like when my daughter's like my stomach hurts i'm like yeah i'm not gonna correct you to be like no it's your abdomen what what quadrant is it the right lower quadrant the right upper where is it hurting specifically the stomach isn't it i feel like she should Um, just know that's just not like a psycho oh my god i should know i kind of corrected her before but i was like okay she's gonna look like a freak if she's like my abdomen hurts in the upper says, left corner i'm like go take a poop <laughs> go take a poop half the time that is I'm like, what do it you is. need a poop mm-hmm. yes. yeah i need a poop all right well it's not your stomach it's actually your colon and probably more like your rectum it's probably your rectal vault that's what's happening and that's why you're cramping right now it's not oh your God. stomach we have a like rectal hours vault. ago when it was up there yeah what is a yeah what is that i just i've never heard that term before (gasps) all right ladies let me fill you in on a few things okay so you got i'm gonna go through the whole gi track very quickly you put food in your mouth okay and then it goes into the tube in your chest called the esophagus Mm -hmm. the esophagus then goes through the diaphragm and goes into the stomach now, it's called gastroesophageal reflux disease because sometimes the stuff that's supposed to be in the stomach refluxes back up into the esophagus. Okay. It's a hiatal hernia if the stomach, which should be in the abdomen, has herniated or goes above the diaphragm and is now in the chest. So there's varying degrees of that. After food leaves the stomach, it goes through the last part of the stomach and through the pylorus. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into the first part of the small intestine, which is called the duodenum. The second part of the small intestine is the jejunum. And the third part of the small intestine is the ileum. Oh, wow. And then it finally goes into the right colon. The very That's this, also known as the cecum. Uh, the cecum is where your appendix is. It goes up the right colon, across the transverse colon, down the left colon, into the sigmoid colon, which is curvy like an S. Then it goes into the rectum, which it has a rectal vault, which is where like when you really have to poop, sometimes poop is sitting in a rectal vault. So like you can squeeze your muscles to keep it in the vault before you, you let it relax it and it comes out and then it comes out the anus. And there you go. Wow. wow. I had no idea no, about most really? of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, apparently we need to go back to school <laughs> for anatomy. <laughs> no. I just, you know, what's crazy. Like, I can't tell you, like, people are like, oh, my arm hurts. I don't know anything. I don't even remember the major bone names. It's crazy. But like the GI tract to me, I don't know. Like, I remember it was like Nutrition 101 in college in 1999. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love the GI tract. I like just am obsessed with the GI tract. It's super interesting. Yeah. Especially like the fact (laughs) that it comes up and then back around and then down. So then it has its own little vault that it sits in. So, like, I mean, I mm-hmm. guess, like, as it's going through, that's why, like, different parts of your, like, abdomen area might hurt because your poop's kind of, like, 
going through. Is that what I'm understanding? Exactly. Like sometimes when it wants to come out, it doesn't like to be stopped. And so it's like cramping and kind of like peristalsing. So like the peristalsis is what takes it from the mouth to the anus is constantly propelling or peristalsing it forward. So when you hear your stomach growling, it's just things moving. And sometimes you're like, I'm really not hungry, but it's making sounds. And sometimes the sounds, I never can pronounce it right. But the the technical name for that is like borogami. Oh, or okay. gag me. I'm sure somebody, some surgeons watching me right now, rolling their eyes. I'm saying <laughs> it wrong, but um, so that that's the technical thing. That is so Te- cool. Technical term Interesting. Board. Yeah. No yeah, idea. I, yeah. Now I know why my stomach like growls and talks to me because the food is moving mm-hmm. at a faster rate. Is is a different rate, and at first things are like out of whack. So it's like normally like your body's so used to like propelling it one direction, especially Mm -hmm. if you have a gastric bypass. Mm -hmm. It's weird because it's like, wait, it's going here before it went this way. It went east, but this time it's going south. Uh, And so it's like taking different turns and that sort of thing. uh, I just want to tell tell our fans something super, you're not going to even believe the twist that I'm going to take you guys on right now. Okay. I have to go there. What is it? I have to go there. This is... If this is something that is never talked about, but I'm going to talk about it publicly. This is an OSLP exclusive here. Oh, okay. All right. So some people, since we're on pregnancy, of course, that means sex and that sort of thing. Yeah. So some people have um, some interesting fetishes and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And some people like to put things into their anus for stimulation. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing. As a surgeon, we I have seen many, many things, and every surgeon out there, I will bet anything, has also has these stories where people will put things that are not supposed to be there. And unfortunately, they put it into their anus. Like I've seen like a Sam's Club like dispenser. And then what happens is remember that rectal vault like it's meant to like suck things in mm. and hold them. So if you go beyond where you're supposed to go, sometimes it'll it'll go up and get stuck. So I've pulled out Gatorade bottles, dispensers, all kinds of different things. Let us me my butt um, pucker up. <laughs> Listen, oh. everyone out there. So if you're into that, be very careful that you always keep a grasp on it or just don't do it. So it's something, listen, I get it. I do not judge anybody for anything. That is why I hope I'm a very cool doctor. It's like, you do you. Yes. But I will tell you, I have seen people end up with stomas because they perforated their colon and then they have to go through a, a huge ordeal because of this. And it's like, oh, I just feel so bad. It's yeah. so, oh my so goodness. tough. Oh my I don't gosh. do that surgery now, but when I, I'm a general surgeon by trade. And so when right. I was in those five years of residency, I um, I saw a lot. So when you're, you're fascinated by the rectal vault, I've seen that thing. I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I remember I always thought that I was like, if you put something in your butt, you're just going to suck it on in. Right. Like, that's just going to. Well, like, yeah, because that's the. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So what's funny, funny. What's funny about that is we were like literally just talking about that over the weekend because we had a girls weekend, obviously. So we're talking about all things sex because that's what we do as girls. That's right. And we were playing this game that was never, never have I ever. Yeah. And it was like this card oh, game. Yeah. It's a yeah. fun game. It was a card game. And it was it's perfect for a girl's weekend because you learn lots about each other. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, so we were talking about that. So it's kind of funny that you brought that up. Well, because that's just going to keep going with it. Yep. So go ahead. <laughs> that's why they have those stoppers or something on those things. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just be careful, people. Yes. Don't put inanimate. Be in. What's the word? Inanimate objects. That. Yeah. Don't put like. 
random things up there. Like just yeah, random like Steve-O things. when he put go, the little car up his butt and stuff. Yeah, like Remember go that? go to the sex toy shop <laughs> and get get what you need to do that safely. Yes, yeah, safely, safely. Yes, please, safely. Yes, yeah. safely. So I just had to put that out there because no one ever really talks about it. I mean, I've used some like towel clamps to yank some stuff out of there. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's just like oh my god. I envisioned you like with clamps. Just. It's like the jaws of life to get in there oh. and then get it out. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. If you guys are not watching this video, you like seriously you need to. Oh my because, god! Because uh, that was like literally that was priceless. My that butt's was like no, 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 don't do it. Like, <laughs> oh my god! But listen, oh, some man. people out there, that's their thing. Like I said, so um, and there's I no judgment. Like, I just had a Gatorade bottle. Record, well, you guys were intrigued by it, so yeah, big Gatorade bottle. So I. Wow. No, you guys are. Um, I just had to make sure that everyone out there with yeah. the rectal vault thing yes. understands it. Yes, seriously. No, I think that's good because we did have our sex episode, which is one of our top downloaded episodes. That's right. And it, because people want to know about sex, especially post weight loss, we might surgery. have to do a, just a sex episode with Doctor Patterson, uh, not Doctor Patterson, Doctor Dovak. Who I don't know why. <laughs> I'm supposed to see I could, her tomorrow. I could, I could uh, yeah, we could talk all kinds of, of things with it. But all yeah. right, well, uh, we have a lot of episodes. Look at that. I, they, <laughs> they keep growing, and that's a good thing. That's right. Means to, we'll, we'll never run out of content for you. Back never, to the questions. Never. No more butt Thanks vault. for tuning in, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so people say bariatric babies are smaller in size. Is that true? No. What? That is not true. Yeah, that's what she wrote. Is that just a myth that's going around? Is there I, any validity to that? I have never, I I will look it up. I have never read anything or thought anything of the sort. No, I don't okay. think that's true. I have, I've never seen that or heard that. Okay. Right. So I wonder if it's just people being, well, they're like, know. assuming. They're I'm, assuming. Like, I'm wondering if they're assuming that it's because you cannot get in as much nutrients. So how mm-hmm. can your baby grow as much? But yeah. Listen, here's the deal with your, with, with the body, the way it works. If you're not taking in as much, it's going to, it's just going to, it's going to replete you mm-hmm. and then it's going to go to the baby. Like mm-hmm. you will become an afterthought to it. So it's basically eating and all that is to keep yourself replenished even more yeah, than that you're, because it's going to get it out of you. Yeah, we're okay. the host. So it's feeding off of us That's the true. whole time. Absolutely. So it's, it's getting all the reserves. Yeah. You so, are. Yeah. You guys are the hosts. We are the Yeah. The baby eats first. <laughs> um, is it true that the pill that pill form birth control doesn't work after surgery? Interesting. Okay. That's a great question. So it's a great question. Mm-hmm. So oral contraceptive, um, there's estrogen containing, there's progesterone only types. The the question comes down to the eff- efficacy of it in terms of the absorption of these mm. types of methods. Okay. And the truth is that now we don't for example, with the gastric bypass, we're not bypassing as much. And so I believe that birth control is still effective. Although there are studies that have shown that it is not because it can Mm. be malabsorbed. So the, Mm. the consensus is if you were to recommend a birth control with the best efficacy, which absolutely has no bearing on if you have bariatric surgery or not, would be um, like an implantable or um, an IUD. Okay. Yeah. Intrauterine device that's placed and removed typically every five years. Okay. So that's what you would recommend over a, just a pill form birth control. 
Uh, yeah, and I would not, and the other one is the injectable progesterone, like Deborah Provera, which mm-hmm. I've said before, I would not go there because those, you gain weight. And yeah. it's just like, ugh, I just think it's gnarly. Yeah. Um, but I, I still I still tell my patients the pills are fine to take. Okay. Um, so I, 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 I'm going to say it is not true anymore that oral birth control does not work. It, mm-hmm. it, it still works. The thing about the IUD, if you still want to have a baby, sometimes there is some with putting that in you could have, it could impact your fertility negatively a little bit um, oh. down the road. So it's something to consider. You could get scarring there. It can make it harder for the cervical os to be open to uh, permit the sperm from going in and that sort of thing after its removal. Okay. Um, some people have no problem. I mean, one in a hundred or maybe it's like one in 200 uh, will actually get pregnant even with an IUD. So. Oh, wow. Well, and for everyone that's listening, I had, I've had the Implanon. Yeah. And I did too. And I had it for like nine years mm-hmm. and it works. Like that was not a problem. I gained weight with it. Like you did crazy mm-hmm. amount of weight, like 25 pounds in, a, in like two months. Oof. It was insane Oof. how much weight I gained. And so I went back in and I was like, take it out. I don't take want it, it in. Out. Like, <laughs> I can't do this because if I keep gaining like that, nope. So, See, and- so when it came out, did you feel like you lost, started to lose weight again? No, it all like stuck. Just stayed See, on. That's it was how like, I know. Like, it, I don't know. Is that really the implant on though, or is that just like, I don't know, just like us having bad habits and just gaining weight? And I don't know. I and all know, of the other medicines. I mean, I that feel you're like on. that's a lot of weight to gain in a yeah. very very short I mean, amount of time. Like, even if you're eating five thousand calories a day, like that's still a lot of it's weight to lot. gain. It's a lot. So, and that was. I agree. Right around the time that I decided to have weight loss surgery. So it was like I took out the Implanon and then it was like almost surgery time. Like, oh, wow. I see. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. mine, my other one had ran out. And so they had to replace it with something. And then I was like, just do the same thing. And then, yeah. Then the weight gain. Happened. You know, yeah, yeah I, I'm a firm believer. If you in like watching and listening to people, mm-hmm. like if you said I legit was doing fine. And then I gained 25 pounds in two months. And it was absolutely directly related to when I had this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to believe that. Like, yeah. okay. You know yeah, your body the best. It, yeah. And it's like, I'm not eating anything differently. Like, I'm not like, I don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I think, well, all right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel validated. So thank you. <laughs> I just know you really well and you're on a lot of medic medicines. And so a lot of those can make you gain weight too. Yeah. So I just didn't know if it's, if it's a combination and the only reason why um, mm-hmm. with those, because like I didn't, I was always like, I was bigger when I got it and I didn't get any bigger because I was on it. So that's the only reason I was like, I didn't have a bunch of weight gain. Yeah. I didn't, my meds didn't change within right. that time. So I yeah. was still taking this exact same meds, the exact same Things. The only thing that changed was the was them gone. Yeah, and there you go. So yeah, that's what it was just, for you. I don't know what it was, but it didn't like me that second. But time. it does work. It does work. We do know we didn't get pregnant for nine. Well, me nine years. How long were you on it? Well, I don't ovulate, so there was no need for me to oh. be on it in the first place. Damn. Yeah. Why were you on something? Listen, listen. That is a perfect little setup. I just want to tell you guys <laughs> that when you're like, oh, I don't ovulate, the minute you have weight loss surgery things start to happen. I have heard that many times. People are like, oh, I can get pregnant. I'm just, you know, having unprotected sex. I'm not worried about it. And it, I, like invariably, it's like people get pregnant. I'm telling you. Oh, no. I don't have a period at all. 
you be surprised yeah, though. Really? You, might, you marry well may <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, well, you might be ovulating, girl. Be careful. I'm not even kidding. Well, I'm not having anything. So right now, like yeah, <laughs> sexually related. So no sexy time. No sexy time for me. So I'm I'm safe right now. But I know when I start, I will be. I'll be like, okay, what did you say, Dr. D? <laughs> what do I need to do? What do you I need just, to take? You just, you just come to me. I can do a private consult over Instagram DMs on this subject. We can just really go for it. Thank oh, you. Cool. Appreciate you. it. Appreciate it. Okay. So then somebody said, I'm scared of getting surgery, then gaining all the weight back when becoming pregnant. Is this valid? No. I mean... Listen, if you stay pretty much to the your typical routine and the guidelines, I have seen many patients that have this most adorable post-weight loss surgery baby bump. You guys have all seen it. Mm-hmm. They push the baby out. I swear they leave the hospital like, are you are you are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some people that again, you just don't gain much weight or you just gain it all in the baby and the other, you know, the blood volume increase and all that sort of stuff, and you're you're fine. So just because you get pregnant, you don't have to look at it as like the kiss of death, like your surgery is never going to work again. You're never going to lose the weight. Um, no, 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 no. I have so many patients that are right back to their goal rate right, right afterwards or soon there afterwards, or you can achieve it. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Just, no, just worry about keeping yourself healthy and your baby healthy. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yes. That should be good. And if you're yes. going to, so another question that we got was, should they get pregnant so if you are good, like you can have babies, you're having no problems. Should you get have all your babies before you have surgery? Or oh, that's a good question. Actually, hmm. whew, you know, it's a tough one because mm-hmm. the thing is, there's undoubtedly an immense amount of research and proven facts that your surgery, your your pregnancy, your pregnancy mm-hmm. is going to be safer than. If we, after surgery than it is before surgery. Oh, period. wow. It's safer if you're not obese and you're, and you're carrying a child. Yes. It's safer yes. on you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a, le- a, a lower chance of having preeclampsia, mm-hmm. which is high blood pressure in pregnancy, mm-hmm. which can go and be even scarier with eclampsia, seizures, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lower chance of having gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. You're going to have more of a chance that you're going to go all the way to full term. You're not going to have a premature baby that might require a NICU, which is frightening. Mm-hmm. And the baby develops just much better. Um, now, if you are obese and so therefore like before surgery and you get pregnant, there is a um, an increased risk that you would have um, macrosomia, which means a big baby. Oh. Uh, and that's typically linked to the gestational diabetes. And um, believe it or not, some babies have to go to the NICU, into the intensive care unit for neonates because they're they're so big and they're so used to like a certain level of sugar and their blood sugars are all off. They get hypoglycemia afterwards from the withdrawal, the sugar. It's just like having like a drug and you're withdrawing these babies after they're humongous babies that have to go to the NICU. I had no idea. No. Oh my God. My mind is blown. Like I had no idea that that was a thing. So, but it makes oh, yeah. sense when you think about it, like yeah. you're eating all the sugar, all these carbs, like you're feeding the baby, whatever it wants or what you want, you know, what, it, however you want to look at it. And then you're taking the, like you're giving birth to the baby and you, it's like cold Turkey. Like you're just like, no, nope, you just no cut more. them off. Yeah. Huh? So it's almost like a sugar addict baby. Yes. 
Okay. Holy crap. So that's why it's so important not to have stational diabetes. Uh Stational diabetes is um, you don't want to have that. You don't want to have that for so many reasons. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, sometimes you can't help it, obviously, but a lot of it obviously is tied to your diet. So Mm -hmm. just... My friends, I know that you'd much rather the the sugary option, but just keep telling yourself like, I mean, my first pregnancy I had, I went to Panera and I actually got a cookie and I had it in my bag and the OB, and this is with Adrian, my first one. She was like, I, she's like, why are you going to eat that? I'm like, cause I want it. She's like, but why would you do that? Like, and it wasn't even beating me up. She said it in a place after that, I never did that again. Like, it was just sort of like a wake up, like, I really need this cookie that bad. Like, why would I do that? Why would I risk that? I don't know. I just felt like it was yeah. like, it was, it was the way she said it and all of that. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, never have any sweets or never have any yeah. fun in your life and that you're not human and we don't all make mistakes. And I didn't just, you know, eat cake on my birthday. Like, of course, like yeah. those sorts of things. I mean, life is life and you're going to live it. And I want you to live it and enjoy it and all that. But just remember slip don't slide i know mm-hmm. that um jana said that that's her mm-hmm. favorite mantra but it's so true it is yeah. it's so true it's a slippery slope guys and you just you you want to like plan for what you're doing and then get right back on track just a slip amen not a slide yeah like for your Got birthday it. weekend slip not slide yeah we, we planned that yeah. we were going to have mimosas we were going to drink gonna drink some wine and do shots and mm-hmm. we knew it and then today, what did we have? We had egg bites for yep. having water. Like yep. we're taking our vitamins. Like yep. you just have to get boom back in it. Yep. Because I knew that I wanted to enjoy my girls weekend, yeah. my birthday weekend. I wanted to enjoy it. Did I have mini bunt cakes that so good. this and the other best friend got for me? Like mm-hmm. they were so good. It was so good. I've never had a bunt cake before. And, and I these oh, are just God. mini yeah. And they're delicious. Yeah, they're, they're just, just like little guys. Yeah. I have a picture. I'll oh send them to I'll send it to you. <laughs> they're adorable. Yes. So did you have a fun weekend though? Oh, it was the best. It was just what I needed. Yeah. Like Oh, good. I needed to get out of my house. I needed to like have that mental break and it was like so none of us I know we're totally side soaring, but we drove <laughs> up there and all of us thought like this was going to be like this sunny like yeah. desert climate. Don't know why we thought cuz we're going up a, a mountain. Yep. And we get there and there's snow and I'm Ooh. wearing flip flops and Ooh. like we none of us thought like, hey, oh. why don't you bring some warm jackets oh, and yeah. sweaters? No jackets, no boots. No. I mean, it's May and it's been sunny in the valley, but we just forgot that like Mount Hood is going to be cold. Yeah. Yeah. So we get up there and we're just like, oh. This makes sense, but yeah. none of us thought of that. So, <laughs> and, we're not and there was five back. of us. Yeah. There was five of us there. <laughs> like none of oh us. Oh my god! So, so but fun. it was so, so fun. It was it was funny because it was my first experience of like getting drunk after bariatric yeah. surgery. Yeah, it's her first time, and like that was kind of an odd feeling because it just goes so quickly. So fast on, so fast off. Yeah. Like, yeah. I took it. We were at dinner. Mm-hmm. I took a shot. I was drunk, like numb lips. Oh, yeah. Like the whole room went. Vroom, and I was like, oh, OK, that, I'm drunk. Like, I remember this feeling. And then by the time we drove back to the rental house, which was like walking distance, <laughs> I was I was like almost good. sober. Yeah. Oh, you were like buzzing. I, no, I was like just under buzzed. OK. 
And like Melanie's like, okay, let's take another shot. And I was like, sure, why not? Like, I'm not really feeling it anymore. Like, it was so quick. Mm -hmm. It was weird. It was weird. But I don't know. Like, it was just an odd experience. Yeah, you sober up really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fast on, fast off. Which is kind of a good thing, but then kind of a bad thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big transfer of addictions. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother talk. We got to talk about that. Yeah, yes. It could be a real issue for a lot of people, like scary stuff. Okay. Um, and I don't think that's talked about as much as it should be either. No, mm-hmm. it's not. Nope. It's it's really not. I I've actually been interested in the transfer addiction and learning more about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we'll have to do a whole thing about mm-hmm. it because that's a I can go so many ways. Yeah, so, so many different directions. Mm-hmm. So okay, on to the next. On question. to the next. Now that we just went question. completely sideways. That's okay. Um. <laughs> so what happens to your stomach and skin during pregnancy after having weight loss surgery and a tummy tuck? Okay, oh. so if you have weight loss surgery and a tummy tuck, oh boy, that's going to be it. I mean, it, here's the deal: it stretch marks and that sort of thing, completely across the board, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God I didn't have any stretch marks. Um, some people get so many stretch marks; it just has to do with like there's. So what a stretch mark is? There's the outer portion of the epidermis of the skin, mm-hmm. and then the next layer, the dermis, is stretching faster than the epidermis can handle. So that's oh. why the stretch marks appear. Oh. So, um, and, and so some of them can be very, very deep in color, yeah. you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so let me tell you guys again about the order of doing things. Um, I would not have a tummy tuck until you are absolutely certain that you are done having kids if you can but sometimes life happens yes. that's the core of the motto here and yep. if it happens i mean what can you do I, I like again i can't answer that question um for example i'll tell you a, a one that comes to my mind she didn't have weight loss surgery but um ice tea's girl um coco mm-hmm. okay. um she uh she obviously had a tummy tuck and when she was pregnant with chanel she like didn't look like she had anything because it just didn't expand much it was like the freakiest craziest thing so you never know you might um i i I don't know i can't i can't predict that answer Mm -hmm. what it's going to look like okay but after surgery um i mean the thing is if you were to ask me this which one do you think that you're going to get more loose skin from Mm. pregnancy or forget about the tummy tuck, pregnancy or weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. I would say you're going to get more loose skin from pregnancy. Oh, oh interesting. I was going to say weight loss surgery. Oh, absolutely. Pregnancy. In my anecdotal experience, I've operated on 4,000 people. I will tell you it's the pregnancy that gives you more of the loose skin through here mm-hmm. than even losing a lot of weight because it's all focused here. You got this bowling ball mm. right oh, yeah. here. And so I feel like if you're going to get loose skin, you're going to have a little bit of an idea from it, from your pregnancy. Okay. So you would recommend weight loss surgery, then do all your pregnancies, then do a tummy tuck. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. Okay. That's, that's, that's the order I would do. All right. Cool. And of course, <laughs> things happen, but... You know, if you can exactly. stick to that order, great. Or have your babies exactly. well before and don't have babies after. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And what I see a lot, I see a lot of tummy tucks and then bariatric surgery. Like I see it at least, I'd say what? 25% of the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Very common. What's very, up with that? Very common. Wow. 
a lot of people get their tummy tucks and then um, they gain some weight. But what I have seen though, is when you start to lose the weight, you're not going to have like loose skin again there. It's mm. going to go nice in again. Okay. Uh, so it's actually not a terrible thing, but if you want the best cosmetic result, you don't get your tummy tuck before bariatric surgery, but sometimes you don't know that you're going to gain some weight and then that sort of thing. Okay. Uh-huh. I see it all the time. I also see, I'd say 50% of the time, belly button rings. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know if I understand. Belly button rings, you know, like, um, yeah, you know, like. So you see them so more in 50% of the time that she does surgery. 50% of the time. I just see like so many people have belly button rings. It's always like fascinating to me. It's just a random fact. They have, yeah. Oh, I was thinking, are they stuck in there? And you're just. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, I could just see the, the track where it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Okay. She's like, now I'm on the same <laughs> page. Now I'm on the same page. Well, I was That's picturing funny. you like, cause you, Cause with that one uh, incision you do, like how you like you go in oh, right yes. next to the belly button. So I'm like, are you finding? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not finding anything in the belly button. That's rectal vault. That's other stuff. That's rectal vault. <laughs> That's rectal vault. That's where we find the tr- the treasures in the belly button. I don't find anything, but some maybe some lint oh and some gosh. old debris. Oh, other debris. Than that, not much. Not old debris not in much. your belly button. Yeah, you should I probably figure it. that out. Lint. You would be shocked. Oh my god, my friend. That's another oh. little fun fact. Please clean your belly buttons, but oy, yeah. Before oy. you go into surgery, clean your belly button, people. Just on a regular basis, be, clean your belly button. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really, you, you should be. very surprised. Ooh. Everyone's going to be paranoid about that tonight. Remember when I, there's an episode about me saying oh you, need to, <laughs> you need to smell your belly, smell belly, your belly button. Belly button. Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She's weird. I, She's weird. I still have not smelled my belly button. In the I'm not that too. flexible. Uh, well, no, no, I'm, with your finger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, you want me to bend okay. smell it? Oh. So the, old, so the story is, is that, like, I was in the shower, and I was washing my tummy, and my finger went in, and I was like, this smells really funky. <laughs> Oh my I was God. like, oh, this smells like big. Like, <laughs> and then I've, I'm from a family of all big people. And I was like, this smells like like a fat person. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. What a story this is. I was this like, story. oh, no, I smell like I'm a I'm a fat person. And I was actually big and not just like realizing it. But like, that's how all that came about. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, a, what said, a breaking point. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, she's like, have you you've never smelled your belly button? I'm like, no, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I need to, to know. Yeah. I don't, I don't care what my belly button smells like. I think you should. And then you'll know if it needs to be cleaned or not. Um, I clean it every day. So I'm, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm solid on that point. I mean, I thought I did. Good. Wasn't clean. Back to the <laughs> questions, people. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, um, Dr. Novak. I'm very random. <laughs> random, but that gave me something to think about. Interesting. Interesting. Oh. Hmm. You'll have to look. I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. Um, I-U-G-R seems really common for babies of bariatric mamas. Tips on how to avoid it. What is that? So I-U-G-R is intrauterine growth retardation. Oh. Which basically means that your baby is not growing as it should. And that's why they they check um, your fundic height. They check um, ultrasounds. They check on the ultrasound. It'll tell you how far along the baby should be based on the size, these dimensions of the the bones and the, the abdominal and all these different measurements. And sometimes if the baby's just really not progressing, they mm-hmm. might even induce um, 
labor earlier and that sort of thing to to try to help to control that outside oh. of the uterus. Um, again, that kind of goes back to the question of um, are the babies smaller afterwards? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that there is a consistent proven thing by any means that shows that having bariatric surgery gives you more IUDR or more, um, or just more smaller, smaller babies. I, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. All right. And I mean, as always, you know, just stay up on your protein, stay up on your, I mean, give yourself and the baby as much nutrients as possible. Exactly. And stay up on your, uh, your prenatal appointments with your OB and all of your ultrasounds and just have regular checks. I mean, it's just super important. Okay. Uh, So I don't know if this is a dumb question. Nothing is dumb, but can you prevent IUGR? No. It's just, is it just genetic or is it random? I mean, it's just like any condition. Um, Again, if you're like completely starving yourself, then maybe. But again, if you're getting in anything and your body already has the stores, the baby will suck it out just to to continue to grow at the right the right pace. Okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, I want to start trying to have a baby at a year post op. What are the risks if you don't wait? Which if we so. The risk of you don't wait, go back to all the things we talked about in terms of more risk of nutrition deficiencies, more risk of not losing the weight you need to, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, not hitting goals, having a harder time losing it afterwards. Um, I did see one thing that uh, sometimes the, the baby may be a little bit more premature because remember, it all goes back to the risk of being obese and, and carrying a child. So mm-hmm. there's all of those things, premature birth, maybe a higher risk of preeclampsia or the high blood pressure thing, the um, gestational diabetes. So mm-hmm. until you kind of get the obesity off the table, normal weight, healthy, getting in everything, know what you're doing. Those are the risks. Okay. Okay. Cool. I like that. All right. Um, Ooh, there, a lot of them this, are this kind of the same. Are we running out? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Uh, one, one person said, because I said, Dr. D wants to know your questions. She goes, all of them. Seriously. <laughs> so many. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't cover. So shout out to Rachel Bypassed Again for that, because hey, that yes. was, that was the best one. All of them. All of them. And I was like, okay. All right. Um, and then how long after you give birth, should you have surgery, bariatric surgery? Oh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, God. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the consensus is on this one. I, I don't know what the literature says. Mm-hmm. I tell people like when they're like three months postpartum, if you're like resting and things are stabilized, the baby's sleeping a little bit better, you feel you're healed up. Like if you had a C-section, no, we got to wait a little bit, but it was a, okay. a normal vaginal birth and you're doing okay and all that kind of stuff, then we can go for it like okay. sooner rather than later. So if you- I don't know, I don't know the exact answer on that. I, I, okay. I, I just take it on a case by case basis. And some people okay. are like, it's their third or fourth kid. And they're like definitely done having kids. And mm-hmm. they, and they are like a seasoned pro at this motherhood thing. If it's their first kid C-section, I'm going to be like, we got to just chill out. Yeah. How long would you say for a C-section? 
I'd say like six months. I okay. mean, you got to really be healed. Heal. Okay. That's, that's a major abdominal operation. I mean, you're cutting the rectum muscle, you're pulling this baby out, you're sewing the uterus. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's an open surgery on your abdomen. So you need to heal from that before I go back in and, you know, do a laparoscopic surgery. No way. Mix yeah. it all up again. I just think yeah. in my head, like, because, you know, at six months, would you even want to have another surgery right around that time after having no. a baby? Like, that's not I even know. like... I don't know who asked the question, but just know you're probably not going to feel like it. Yeah. (laughs) It was actually Sarah smile.bsg. Well, Sarah, you're going to be tired. Mm-hmm. You're going <laughs> to be exhausted. Yep. The last thing you want to do is deal with like another surgery and how do you need to eat and drink and on top of a brand new baby. Just FYI. Yeah, and then there's the consideration of breastfeeding and all yeah. that into it. And it's Listen, it'll come like right? wait till the baby's a year. Like just, I know. I my head. just wants it so bad, but it's like, I know, I know you gained weight during the pregnancy. I have had patients who literally, I feel like they push the baby out and then they like come back like, can I go now? <laughs> like seriously, like I'm ready now. Like, mm-hmm. all right, we'll see. You're like, hold on, hold, hold your horses hold here. On. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Well, cause in my brain, it's like, okay, how about we have the baby and then we breastfeed for a year. I know everybody has their own views about breastfeeding. I enjoyed it. I just only did it for three months because I had to go back to work. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would have done it for a year if I could because you are going to lose weight while you yeah, breastfeed. And you did. And I, lo- and I lost weight. Mm-hmm. So it's like you guys can do that for a year and just see where your body kind of lays because your hormones are all the way through the roof. Mm-hmm. And then is it true that our organs like take a while to like adjust back once the baby's out? Like or is it like a snapback or... The only thing that's adjusting is your uterus size and okay. that shrinks down quickly. Um, you remember those like gnarly contractions that, um, especially when you're breastfeeding at first and has the uterus just contracts down. That's why they're always like feeling you Pushing. to make sure that it's contracting as it should. Okay. Uh, but that, that only takes a few weeks. A few um, weeks. Uh, but that should be back to the little size pretty soon. So I wouldn't like operate on someone like one day postpartum. That uterus is still in my face and everything like that if I were trying to get in there. But otherwise, the other organs don't get messed up or moved or anything like that. It's the uterus is the only thing that's like growing and then shrinking down, contracting down. Wow. Oh, that's a myth that I heard then because I was always told that like, oh, it takes like a full year for your body to be back to normal. Like inside. Inside. No. No. So much of BS. (laughs) Bunch of BSers. Up to me. I don't know. I think it looks all good in there. What about thereafter? Uh, your hormones. Like, how long does that take to kind of get back level oh, out? Oh my goodness, the hormones can be vicious. I mean, there's this whole thing of postpartum depression, postpartum mm-hmm. psychosis. Um, there's a lot of euphoric ones, a lot of horrible ones. Um, there's the ones that that help you to start breastfeeding and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm that's an impossible one to give you an exact timeline. Right, right. I, I think um, it, it takes a while though. It yeah. takes a while. Like, so like a year or more, right? Over Sometimes more than that. I mean, sometimes yeah. like kids are, I think that they're diagnosing postpartum up until the kid's like two or something. Wow. I might be wrong. Time. I might be wrong on that. I might be wrong on that. I don't know, but it's it's longer than just like a few weeks. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely. Um, so all your dads out there. Bear with us. Yeah, <laughs> just bear with it. You have no Getting idea. Back. It is so hard to be a woman. I always tell like these women who come in, like you, like I had the, I had the implant on, and then I gained weight, and then I was on birth control, and then I had to get an injection, and then mm. I had um, a baby, and then my boobs are big, and then they're saggy, and then men, you have no idea, none, no idea I what mean, we go it, through. It, 
it's a lot. I always tell women that I'm like, ah, oh. and then they're like, after I had my hysterectomy, I feel like I really gained weight. And I believe them. I see repetitive trends and oh, you okay. think, you know, I don't think people are just like, again, like making excuse. I think, no, they're, they're, they're legit. Um, having a major issue with their hormones and things after um, you mess with those organs. Yeah, yeah, that makes no. sense. I think that, yeah, I'm I'm right there. I know that um, I just had a thought and then it flew out of my head. It happens every single episode. I can't, <laughs> like I have it and then I get focused in on what we're, we're talking about oh, yes. and then it like slips out of my head. I feel you on those. Um, is postpartum genetic? Interesting. Ah, I think there is absolutely some degree to that and to other mental health struggles, Mm -hmm. other depression with or without postpartum. Um, I don't know the degree of it. I don't, I don't know. Like I know the morning sickness, there's a huge correlation that Mm -hmm. you're pretty much going to get it. If your mom did. Um, If your mom did. The postpartum depression, I don't know the exact rates of how it's, um, or uh, how it's inherited and that sort of thing. Okay, I was, I was, but I would say yes. I would say yeah. I mean, mental health and all that is is definitely like it's very hereditary. I think in a lot of regards. Yeah, and this might be a taboo question about postpartum, but like, is there an age, like range, where like it's worse than for others? I don't think so. Okay. No. Okay. I don't think it. I think it's just so variable. Um, I was in my late thirties when Mm -hmm. I had my kids and I definitely had postpartum with the first one with Mm -hmm. Adrian. I just, um, couldn't stop crying, could Mm -hmm. not stop crying. Like just could not control myself. Couldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the next two, I, um, I thought I was okay on those ones. It's very weird. So, and I was older, so I don't know. Okay. Interesting. And because we're talking about mental health postpartum, what are some warning signs that we can look for um, for our loved ones that are going through it just to make sure that they're okay? I mean, just good question. Just not sleeping uh, or wanting to sleep too much just doesn't have the the stamina, doesn't doesn't have the drive to just go on the mm. um, frequent crying, just emotional swings. Um, and then there's the really scary that there's actually postpartum psychosis when someone would potentially seem to want to hurt themselves or, or the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, they hear voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be, um, it, it, it can be extraordinarily scary and it's extraordinarily serious. And it's something I didn't really pay attention to until like I went through it and I like read about it, learned about it. And it's, mm-hmm. and it, again, it's just like a lot of these things, it's just not talked about as much as it should be. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. What, like if you are, recognizing these warning signs in a loved one, what should you do to help? So, you know, one, one thing I just realized when you go to the pediatrician, the pediatrician, mm-hmm. actually the pediatrician will actually, um, will, will quiz or ask the mother to fill out questionnaires oh. about the warning signs for postpartum. So they're trying mm-hmm. to get the, because they know that you're going to follow up with the pediatrician for mm-hmm. the baby. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to identify it there and get your help. Um, so what do you do? You need, you, you just need to speak to your OBGYN or okay. to your primary care provider. You need to speak to a medical professional and then they can determine the best course of action from everything from therapy to support groups to even starting a medication to help, um, just balance you out and, and get you through that really difficult time. But, 
um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of different treatment and option mm-hmm. plans. If, if you don't want to go on medications, there's other things that you can do. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Because I know, like, sometimes you, as a person that doesn't have any kids, like, I I don't know what the what to look for. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've never been through that, so I don't know if you know if you know, one of my friends or family members was going through it. Like, I don't know if I would necessarily recognize it. Yeah. Or pick up on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just like having, like looking people in the eyes and being like, are you okay? Like, how is it going? And you'll see on their micro expression, their first reaction of like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you just need a trusted person to, to ask questions. You know, it's really funny. And, you know, whenever I was pregnant, everything was about me, especially before I had the first pregnancy. It was like, people were opening the door for you. You're like, okay, like, are you okay? Are you okay? As soon as that baby leaves you, you're like, um, chopped liver. Yep. Nobody care about me anymore. Like mm. when you're walking out of the hospital, it's like, oh, the door slammed in my face. Like, oh, I haven't been treated like this for the last nine months. And, <laughs> um, it, it's, I don't know. I feel like the mother does sometimes kind of get lost in the shuffle of things. Yeah. And, um, I think it's, I, I was sort of surprised. Everything for nine months is about you and the baby and how do you feel? What's the name? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? Like, oh, you're you're carrying high. You know, people commenting on your body, like all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, nothing. you're done. You're, you're it's chopped weird. liver. It's just such a weird mm. thing. It's super weird. Hmm. I like this. I like this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm I just like the episode too. I'm just learning I was a little bit anxious about it, to be honest with you, because I'm like, what the heck am I going to talk about? No, um, you're doing a great job. Ladies. All yeah. of these things. I know. All of things. No, this is great. So is there anything else that you can kind of think of that wasn't asked that you think would be important? Um, One thing is that sometimes, so, so just to put it out there to summarize everything, mm-hmm you likely are going to get extraordinarily more fertile after weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. You are the PCOS, the insulin resistance is going to start to improve. You're gonna have improvement in insulin sensitivity. Um, some of the, maybe um, the hair distribution, the, I don't get a period. Those sorts of things typically are going to start to kind of normalize. And even if you don't get a period, you, you might be very well ovulating. Yeah, I'm That's telling so you, funny. it's very true. The um the metabolic improvement and just the hormonal changes and all that stuff lead to you most of the time, almost across the board, having some more level of fertility. So sometimes that's a warning. I don't want this. Sometimes that is um, amazing news. And that's the whole reason, the driving force for people to have bariatric surgeries mm-hmm. because they want so badly to be able to carry their own child mm-hmm. and to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Another big thing I see is that these fertility clinics will not a lot of times put patients on regimens or even allow them to do IUI or IVF until they get below a certain BMI. So sometimes oh. I get these patients so that they can get the BMI to qualify oh. for it. And I love it when I'm like, oh, you got pregnant without any of that, which is fabulous news. Yeah. But sometimes that happens. And, you know, sometimes it's, your advanced maternal age, maybe you, um, I had endometriosis was my underlying issue. Maybe you're just have infertility of unknown origin. There's like a lot of things. And sometimes it's just, um, it's tough. And it's still, even after all of this, it's still hard. And, um, and it's just, listen, I can tell you with complete empathy that I do get it. And, um, such a hard road when that's what mm-hmm. you really want. And it's hard to think about anything else. Um, but 
I hope that um, you will you will seek out the advice of others. Um, if you don't like the opinion of the person that you go to, um, you you go to another fertility doctor. Uh, you you don't give up and you reach out to others um, that are going through similar things and, and share your stories and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember there would, there would be times that like some one of my friends would say that they're pregnant and I would just lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just like, I could not take it like the other people were having an easier time. I mean, now I look back and I'm like, thank God, because of what I'm going yeah. through. But I can remember that like heart wrenching, like just despair of being like, yeah. why won't this just work? Like I'm yeah. doing everything yes. right. I don't understand. So. Oh yeah. I, I get mean, it. Like the social media announcements, like the little mm. cute board, yeah. the little cute thing. Yeah. Um, it is very triggering. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, I haven't, I couldn't even look at it. It was just like, even my own sister, when my sister told me she was pregnant, um, the first time I was like, oh, that's awesome. The second time, it was like years later and I'm still in this whole like thing. Mm. It was like, ah, it, there were some moments of infinite sadness. Yeah. yeah. Infinite sadness. I can remember and, um, yeah. that very clearly. Yeah. I went mm-hmm. through that exact same thing. Like oh. I remember my, one of my good, one of my best friends got pregnant and she announced it to us. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with these feelings. So I'm just going to get wasted. Mm. And then yeah. I cried the entire night because I didn't know, like, I wanted to be happy, you know, like yeah. you, you want to be happy for your sister, but then you have like this complete, like just sadness that kind mm-hmm. of overtakes you. Cause it's like a jealousy, but it's not a jealousy yeah. type of feeling. Yeah. Like you're like, I just so wish accurate. I was there. Yeah. It's like a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Every single time. And you're just like, why, why can't it just happen for everybody else, but it won't happen for me. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's a crushing disappointment mm-hmm. at times. Yes. So oh, I I'll feel tell for you, you guys. Though, the conclusion is the joy is undoubtedly in the climb. I I feel like I appreciate my kids. I'm at a much um, better place in my career. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't likely even be in this moment right here, right now, if it's um, if it wasn't for things taking a little bit longer. Like yeah. I wouldn't have put so much up front if I was a new younger mother. I just wouldn't have done or been as obsessed mm-hmm. with this um, field and, and, and really my patience. I don't know. I, I am so, so thankful. And everything I hate is like, everything will work out the way it's supposed to. And I mean, it's like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, but uh, I don't know on this one. I, I, I do feel it. And I was super, super private with my, with my struggle. Mm. Um, during it, and I guess now it's easy because you have the happy ending, um, mm-hmm. which I never thought I was going to have. But um, God, I give it up to people who both are brave enough to do it as it's happening and letting those emotions show in real time, and mm-hmm. people who are brave enough to show their weight loss surgery journeys um, without. I mean, I'm sure there is some fear or level of, oh my God, am I really telling people all this stuff? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big deal uh, to put yourself out there. Yes. So kudos to all that that do it to hopefully inspire others. I mean, we talk about this every time, but it is just such a, a running thread with um, with bravery and all of it. I think it's incredible. Oh, yeah. Seriously. No, I think there are some incredibly brave individuals out there that they do. They talk about their infertility, 
Then they talk about, you know, the constant struggle. And then hopefully they have their happy ending where they get the they get their little baby. But I mean, a lot of the times it doesn't happen, you know, the way you you think it's supposed to. Because you have like this perception exactly. in your brain of like, okay, I'm going to get married and then I'm going to um, wait a year. The fantasy. Uh, yeah. And then I'm going to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have 2.5 children with a little white picket fence. Like that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I envisioned my life. And that was not a, at all where it went. And so it's kind of like, it's really hard to put that out there for everybody to see and judge and you know, I, oh, I know yeah. I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk you about did the not. fact that I couldn't have kids. Mm-mm. So <sighs> and then we had decided to adopt and then I had weight loss surgery instead. Yes, she did. There you go. And now I'm here. So, no, I, I agree with the whole like things. I know it's she cliche, yeah, but it things happen for a reason. There is a reason why I could not have kids. And there is a reason why the adoption stuff didn't work out. Well, if you think about it, though, like if. Dr. Dovac didn't have like we didn't wait till way later. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have helped all the bariatric people that she's mm-hmm. helped. And then if you had the kid, you might not have had weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. And then this whole podcast and this us talking today might have never happened. The three so of it, us would have never. There's even a been reasoning yet. why mm-hmm. we're supposed to be doing this. Yeah, because I think we're Absolutely. all advocates for weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. You're an advocate for, you know, having infertility issues and bariatric surgery. surgery. Yeah. So like it's a it's a thing like we need to talk about it because people are unaware of, of a lot of these things. Yeah. I mean, just those questions today, like people have no idea what's going on. No. So. Yes. Awesome. Well, awesome. awesome episode. And don't forget, yes. guys, by having yes. weight loss surgery, you are winning by losing. Mm-hmm. And you guys have um some merch, don't you guys? Yes. Yeah, we do. So there is Winning by Losing, the special Dr. Dovek crossover with OSLP. That's right. And you can also, yes, yeah. um, on the back, we have one that says, well, of course, Dr. D's has oh, surgeon sorry, crossed. Yes. As surgeon, because she is the ultimate surgeon. That's right. And then we also have one that says bypassed. Mm-hmm. We have a sleeved one, and then we also added a switched one for those duodenal switch pa- patients. So you can get all of your merch at OurSleeveLifePodcast.com. Yes, I still love saying .com. <laughs> um, and we also have it on our Instagram page. We have a link in our bio. Mm-hmm. Um, you can click on that, and then you just swipe through the cards, find the website, there go you there, go. purchase all of your goodies. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're just listening to this, what's wrong with you? Go watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Because you'll get to see all of our faces and all mm-hmm. the ridiculousness that we're like <laughs> talking to you about. Yes, exactly. All the hand gestures. All the hand gestures. Of them. Yes. Yes. Um, and that is go find. It's just our sleeve life podcast in on YouTube. Yeah. Just not hard. Type that in. Yeah. Really easy. Um, and then also. If you like these videos and you like the other videos, go onto our Patreon and sign up. Yeah, because then you can get all of our episodes. Yes. And it is patreon.com forward slash OSLP. That's right. Yes. <laughs> all right. Wow. I know. I feel like we got it all. We did. We did we got it. it all. I'm impressed by you, boss babes. Aww. I mean, just loving it all. I think it's so great what you're doing for the community. I cannot thank you enough. I would just, I would just keep doing these podcasts at the end of time. If people are listening, we're going to keep on chatting. It yeah. Up. Yes. Sure. That's Send what I love to hear. Send us all the questions. 
And all the questions we nothing is off limits nothing. so we want totally. to cover as you, everything as you learned tonight we, we went on some <laughs> weird tangents yeah so we did fun and we'll be quoting me at the uh, thanksgiving dinner table this year some of these little fun facts you've learned oh, yes i love it all right so, oh, so dr d if you want to hang out for just a second we'll say goodbye to everybody and thank you guys for listening <laughs> i want to give you a good pause oh okay I was trying to be nice. I don't know what the pause is for. So that you... No. Whatever. She's not taking it out. Anyways. <laughs> no. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Dr. D, for being here. And we will see you next, next time. time. Bye. Hey, listeners. If you have enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform you get your podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join us on patreon.com forward slash OSLP where you can get exclusive content. We would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logo, Nick Dukes for our web design, Dylan Godfrey for our editing, and Eric Fong with 17th Street Studios for our music and recording space. Thank you for listening to our Sleep Live podcast. We are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time.